Welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and today you are joining me for episode number 30, which is part of um, a three-part Crow and Raven magic series. Now, in this episode, Annika and I are going to do a quick recap of the first two episodes and then dive into Crow and Raven magic for our jobs, office, and corporate worlds. But first, I always like to start with three things I did over the weekend to help with my witchcraft practice. So this weekend ended up being um, and having a lot more energy than I anticipated. I had planned on collecting magical dewdrops each morning last week, and that really is not as easy as I thought it would be. <laughs> the week before was full of morning mist and dew everywhere each time I woke up. Then, on the week of May 1st, bone dry. Nothing, honestly nothing for the first couple of days. We did get some rain midweek and, you know, that heavy air helped a bit for morning dew, but oh my goodness, it's so much harder to collect little dew drops than I realized. So I did get some, uh, certainly enough for one little vial, but, you know, in my mind, I was going to have a bunch to work with. You know, potions are not made in mass quantity, so I guess this worked out, you know, the way it was supposed to. I did something very special with it to actually make the potion part on Saturday, and now I have a very, very special vial of my own nature's elixir. So the full moon, which I thought I was ready for, and was incorporating into you know my potion-making night, had some elements that I was not ready for. Our Scorpio full moon over the weekend was a flower moon, and we had a really big lunar eclipse with it. So we are in eclipse season right now, but oh my gosh, I was not ready for this one. And I know better. I do. I always look ahead, you know, certainly for part of this podcast just to say something about what's happening when this airs, but not this time. This full moon was all about releasing, about letting go and being honest about exactly what it really is we need to let go of, you know, to, to get, jump up to that next level. Now, if you are into numerology, Friday was a big E. It is the fifth month, right, May. It was the fifth day, and then it was the fifth day of the week, being Friday. So 555 represents transformation, and our full moon right now is all about transformation. So on Friday, another thing happened to me. I think I've mentioned before that I foster kittens. I was thinking about how we are you know, right in the heart of kitten season. You know, it's spring. But it was odd that the shelter had not reached out to me with any yet. You know, usually by this time, I'm already on my second batch of little ones to foster and get healthy for adoption. On Friday, they brought me a beautiful, all-black, fluffy little girl. Super healthy, really already at a weight we could spay her and get her out for adoption as she is almost three months old and about three pounds. So I scooped her up. And I got her settled at home with me and all of my other animals on Friday night. And it's always a little chaotic adding someone new to the mix, especially, you know, since it's temporary. On Saturday, I realized what was going on. So cats in general are all, you know, all about being guardians of that other realm and spirit world. They represent protection and, you know, the guidance with it. 
but a black cat, an all-black cat, is a deep representation of the spirit world, much like our crows and ravens are. And just like them, black cats are much like having our own personal black stones and crystals right by us all the time for protection. So black cats are about you know, intuition and divine protection. And of course, magic. Now, some people believe that black cats go out at night and shapeshift and do a witch's work for her while she's sleeping. And I do know many people also believe that a black cat is a bad sign or seeing one on a full moon has something to do with werewolf transformations. But these are not beliefs that I subscribe to. So this little girl coming to me on a full moon on a Friday, which is Freya's day, with the numbers 555 lining up, and while I'm making my first ever elixir potion, I feel very overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with happiness <laughs> that once again, things have lined up. You know, Freya, um, as far as a goddess, you know, she's all about cats. And one coming to me on her day does seem important. A sign Freya is coming is seeing a ladybug. And rarely do I ever have to leave my office once I, <laughs> once I start work in the morning. But on Friday, I had to run home real quick to let some workers in. And when I did, a ladybug was on my front door. I have not seen this yet, you know, for, for spring, so it is significant. This is my first ladybug of the season. So Freya is also one of the moon goddesses. So this little kitten, you know, coming on a full moon is significant. I, there's just a lot of signs. I'm really trying to take the time to stop and listen and get my thoughts organized, you know, acknowledge the message that is being given to me. I feel very honored that I was chosen, but also overwhelmed with all of these signs lining up. So, of course, I've named this gorgeous, fluffy, little, all-black kitten, Freya. You know, fostering is temporary, so I really need to think if she is you know, just coming to me for this weekend to help me with everything, or if she was coming to me as my familiar and is to be added to my family. Oh, that's so hard. If you guys have any thoughts on this one, please, please drop me a note. Okay, jumping back to our beautiful black birds... I'm going to grab my notes and my guest, Annika, so we can jump right into today's podcast, which is the final episode of our three-part Crow and Raven magic series. All right, Annika, welcome back. Thank you for having me again for our part three. Part three! We are on our three of three, our last episode, all about working with crow and raven magic, this time in our office, jobs, and corporate life. But guess what? What? The last two episodes, I totally forgot to start off with, hey, what did you do over the, <gasps> what did That's you do over the right. weekend? So, um, so, hey, Annika, um, yes. what did you do over the weekend? Um, <laughs> Anything okay. witchy? I, I did. Number one, I meditated, which I don't do super often, but either. this time I really wanted to take the time to like wind down. It was on Sunday. I had a busy Saturday. Did Sundays it. Sundays are a great day for that. Yeah. If you're going to do it, I think that's a great day. Yeah. Especially before the work week. Yeah. It really helps. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? I have been trying to start doing a little bit of magic with my animals. Ooh. So my dog, I only have one, one animal. Okay, the dog. <laughs> yeah, the dog. So I actually did kind of like a little kitchen witchery with oh. his dog food. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So I am kind of playing around with that. 
I like that. That's an easy way to put some amazing magic and energy yes. into your dog's life through the food. Definitely. And then number three, actually for my office space mm -hmm. and my coworkers, I worked on a little homemade tea chai oh, for everyone. But, you know, put a, your own little spice into it. It matters. Um, it all adds up. It came out so good, though. <gasps> yeah. I can only imagine. I love chai. Yeah. So a lot of kitchen witchery. And then my meditating. That's good. That's a good weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you say we jump into our last episode here on crow and raven magic? Yes, let's do it. Let's recap our first two episodes, right? Just kind of bring everybody up to date before we jump into the actual office stuff. So far, we have covered some pretty good general information about crows and ravens. We, let's see, we went over their size. The ravens mm -hmm. are about 25 inches in length, while crows, you know, usually go to that 18 inch length. Um, we what went, else? We went over their lifespan. Yep. Crows typically live up to eight to 10 years, mm -hmm. while ravens can live up to an astonishing 30 years. That just, I, yeah. I never, I, I'm glad, that's where I mean, as much as I'm into this stuff, like, there's a lot of things I didn't know that this yeah. podcast I helped me with. Definitely. I'm like, 30. Uh, okay, let's see, we did tail shape. Crows um, have a tail that is, you know, pretty straight or flat across the end, while ravens have that triangle shape with the middle section being much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, ravens hunt or find food by themselves. They do. Like going out on their own with their mate. Mm -hmm. um, and crows will typically go out in a group. For sure. Both are monogamous, right? Um, ravens will go off and live with their mate, you know, more than crows do. Um, crows usually do pair up. They have their mate, but they, they pair up and they live with, you know, big families. Yeah. Both can be protective, but yep. crows will definitely be the more aggressive ones between crows and ravens. For sure. Uh, let's see, we talked about deities, um, how crows and ravens really are the messengers and are all about transformation. Uh, they're about the afterlife and really thought to be symbols of the underworld. And really most cultures, I love that we were, we were looking into that, most cultures really do have a crow associated with one, if not many of their gods and goddesses. Yeah. Odin, of course, the most notable one. Mm -hmm. um, in Norse uh, pantheon, Odin has two faithful crows, um, Huggin and Munin. Huggin is thought and Moonin is memory. They go out, of course, and see what is happening and report back to Odin. And they perk on Odin's shoulders, tell him all of the amazing <laughs> secrets that they have learned. <laughs> yes. And also the Celtics have a warrior goddess called the Morrigan. Yep. Uh, she will most often be seen in the form of a crow or a mm -hmm. raven. When the Morgan appears, there are usually three crows, and it means she is either watching or getting ready to pay you a visit or yep. someone around you. Yep. <gasps> I just had a moment of realization. You just had a clarification. What? <gasps> Clarity, what? What? Tell. So remember when I went over the, the three crows that I saw? Fly across your office window. Fly across my office window. And then that following weekend, I connected with the Morgan in my meditation after that. She told you she was coming. Yeah. I literally just got the goosebumps. Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we'll talk more about that later, but oh my God. Okay, put a pin on that one. We're coming yes. back. We're going we're gonna to circle. That, you're right. 100%, Annika. Okay. I love moments like that. I know. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Okay. Um, what else did we talk about? Oh, Native Americans, mm -hmm. right? We mentioned that. Um, they have uh, their raven as a symbol of transformation, who can sometimes be a trickster. Mm -hmm. The Welsh have yep. Bran, who is the blessed one. Mm -hmm. He is known to turn himself into a raven to escape attacks. That's awesome. Greeks, they have, they have um, crows too. Their god, Apollo, who is the god of sun, music, and prophecy. Um, I think we mentioned him a couple weeks ago when I was talking about uh, Sunday being the sun's day. He's often shown with a crow on his shoulder who really does you know, see into the future. And the Greeks also have Athena, 
um, who often has a raven on her shoulder. Same with um, Hecate, who can shapeshift and transform into a raven. Yes, so many. There are, right? There Um, there are more. There certainly are more. I know in the Hindu have crows with one of their mm-hmm. goddesses same with the egyptians and the chinese and the japanese it's every, it's every culture yeah it really is it is all right so we also talked about how smart crows are they are super self-aware they have a conscience um and we talked about roughly equivalent to right like a five or seven year old child mm-hmm. they use tools like seriously use <laughs> use actual yeah. tools no, not actual tools i don't mean like they go grab our hammer they, yeah, <laughs> they make their own tools know. with sticks and <laughs> things I think they are the only non-primate to actually use tools. They remember people's faces. They know who they like. They know who they don't like. And they talk about you to other crows. They solve problems, not only individually, but as a group. They, I love when you said they were planning for the future. Yeah. They do. They plan for their future. They adapt. Crows understand analogies and are capable of abstract reasoning. Yep. Perfect way to put it. It really is. Yeah. In our day and, you know, day in, day out life, we often hear some pretty standard idioms with crows. And I don't think we've mentioned that one before. (laughs) I thought that'd be a fun one to insert here. So we have, what is one I know? Uh, As a crow flies. So this means, that one's pretty standard, right? We hear that a lot. So if you don't know what that means, it's, it really is like a straight path from A to B. You know, in our cars, we need to follow the path and the road, but crows can fly in a direct line for the most part from where they are to where they need to go, making the distance from A to B much shorter than anything we can do by walking or in our cars. Yeah. Um, what's another one? Eat crow, which oh, totally. honestly, I don't think I've ever heard either. of this one or have said it or heard anyone else say I've it. I've never said it. Eat um, crow. It might be an older thing. Maybe, yeah. Um, but it is a saying, to eat crow really means just to eat your words. Uh, you did <laughs> or you said something wrong, so you're admitting to it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, there's crow's feet. Now, this one I have not only said, but I actually have. So, <laughs> crow's feet are, you know, those little tiny lines and wrinkles around our eyes that are you know, shaped much like a crow's footprint. Yeah, that one I've definitely heard. Yeah, I was that. little and all that stuff. That's a standard one. Are there any other ones? What else um, is there? Getting up with the crows. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. I haven't really heard this one either, but it, it's kind of just saying, you know, getting up with the crows really means that you are up early, yeah. not necessarily at the crack of dawn, but early. But early. Okay. All right, we did talk about how we can um, work with the energy of crows and ravens. I think that was in actually last week's episode. Crows and ravens as messengers, right? They really do give us messages in very specific ways. But what are those ways? First, I've got, you know, are they flying right in front of you or directly crossing your path? If they are, this is a sign that they are reaching out with a message to work on yourself. Yes. Or are they flying above you? Mm -hmm. They will do this to bring us messages, to look up, find a higher perspective on things we are working through. Perfect. Uh, Do crows follow you? This is a biggie, right? If crows follow you, they're following your energy. Of course, if you're like me and you've made friends, they're (laughs) they're going to follow you all over the yard. (laughs) But they do remember our faces. So um, they will come down because they remember you, but they truly are following you because you hold a gift. Okay. Now, do crows actually attack you Uh this one is not very good (laughs) definitely Uh you've done something wrong or you know you're under their their nest for sure you're around a protective mama but crows remember and not only do they remember but they will tell their families about all their experiences so they definitely share knowledge Mm -hmm. if you have a crow actually dive bomb you or hit your head it's time to clear the energy and remove the wrongdoing as best as you can you definitely don't want to keep that karma around no if that happens it's it's just it's a abrupt sign please do something yeah 
Um, okay, what about if a crow is looking right at you? It does not mean something bad is about to happen. I think we mentioned that last week. Crows really are attracted to our energy and also the energy of our loved ones who might have passed. So they are the messenger of things beyond our realm. You know, so they might be looking right at you because of an energy that is around you or that spirit that is lingering. They are interested in you, drawn to you. They see your energy and they are attracted to it. Now, what if you really don't have a bunch of interaction with crows or see them as much, but then one suddenly shows up? I think that's huge. Yeah. That's a biggie sign. This is definitely a message. Yep. It's a message that you're going through or about to enter an awakening, which can be very scary. <laughs> it is. I know. <laughs> Besides, you know, it being really amazing at the same time, things are changing and the crow is coming to you right now mm -hmm. to encourage you to embrace the change, the transformation. It's, it's coming. Yeah. And they're coming to say, I, I think that... I had that twice, you know, I, mm -hmm. to go from like nothing really. And then all of a sudden they were right there. It's like, okay, yeah. here, it's it's time. Yeah, It's time to go. All right. We also talked about last week, what do crows and ravens tell us? So the first one we talked about was transformation. Biggest, not first and foremost, but it really is one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, death and endings. Yep, death and endings. So crows and ravens are connected to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. So them coming when we either have lost someone, yep. uh, someone has passed away, maybe ended something that we did not want to let go of, you know, kind of like hard. a non-physical ending or death. Yes, that's hard. Um, well, they can definitely come to help us through it mm -hmm. and, with their own special messages. I agree. I agree. We talked about shadow work and how there is a, you know, direct connectness to the darkness of our own personal shadows and the dark feathers on crows and ravens and how, you know, they can come as messengers, specifically when we are diving into our shadow self and help us, you know, work through the dark parts of our lives that really do need to be reconciled. Yeah, definitely. And also protection. Crows sure. and ravens bring us a message of protection, which... I feel like I we can't stress it up. I know. <laughs> protection, protection. But I mean, it really is super important. It is. Um, also psychic powers, mediumship, and clairvoyance. Yeah. Do you think protection is almost just as high as transformation? It's almost even. I, at least I for agree. us, for, yeah. for my interaction with them. Unless you really want to dive further into it and kind of like delve into the clairvoyance and the psychic powers side yeah, of true. this energy. But on a more day-to-day -day basis, the protection side and the transformation side is a lot more relatable, I think. I think so. Okay, and lastly, we mentioned some uh, crow and raven work with crystals and herbs. And we mentioned maybe grabbing the black obsidian, black tourmaline, jet, um, and ruby. And again, ruby, that was that was kind of a new one for yes. us. That's our only... I love that. I know, I, I did too. That's our only color of... Uh, our stone of color um, for these black, black, dark, black birds. Um, and then again, for our um, herbs, we talked about mugwort, orange peel, and wormwood. All good for, you know, for working with crows. Except wormwood is poisonous, remember It that. is. It yeah. is. Mugwort, not so much. You can actually, like, ingest it. There's, like, mugwort lattes and all that yeah. stuff. And I know in Japan it's really popular. Sure. Mugwort tea and all that stuff. But definitely take it with caution, yeah. little by little. I know you can also, it's a smokable herb, but that's more if you want to go into like the psychic stuff. Absolutely. But definitely, you know, be careful. Be careful with anything in yeah. general, right? Take, take caution. Okay, so that really gets us up to speed of all the amazing things we have talked about. That was a kind of a quick list of them. Um, we went into much more detail if you have not listened to episode one or two. But let's get into the office stuff. That is That is what this episode is going to be all about and how we can bring this energy into our corporate world and our jobs. But first, what do you think about doing a tarot card pull? 
Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, you guys. So I brought my Crow Tarot deck. Um, This one, like I, I know I've mentioned it before, but I'm so absolutely connected to this deck. It is uh, created by MJ Cullinane, and it is a beautiful, beautiful deck. And we are going, I'm going to shuffle all the cards right now. I'm going to pull one card and I'm going to think about what the message should be that Annika and I can walk away with after doing this three-part series. Like what should we know? (laughs) Okay, what should we know? Here we go. Let's shuffle it up and see what should we know? What should we know? What can you tell us? I'm going to do it three times. Perfect. I'm going to draw the card, and then you tell me what it is, okay? Okay. You read off what it is, and then do you have the little book thing? What do we need to know about this three-part series? Okay. We have the Two of Pentacles. Okay. Two of Pentacles. Life offers infinite possibilities. The crow is in a constant motion, juggling her day-to-day responsibilities with her goals and aspirations. It is only through devoting time to both that they can remain in balance. The Two of Pentacles is a reminder to ensure that the small daily tasks are not dropped because doing so could jeopardize long-term goals. The Two of Pentacles asks that you take inventory of responsibilities to make sure that you are managing everything. Hmm. That is I like that. Pretty interesting for for two girls who are corporate girls. Yes. Managing going to work all the time. And, and also managing our craft and managing and the, hobbies and That's not bad. I like that. And I like how the the two of pentacles are kind of suspended inside of the affinity sign. And it's you and me. <gasps> Look, and there's three crows on the deck. Come on. That might have been perfect. The, I the think perfect that's perfect. Call. That's it. Yeah, I this just want to take that message. This so is it. There for are... anyone listening, I think that's also really good because I'm sure if you found this podcast, you're, you want to also balance your work that's life right. and, you, and your craft. I love it. I love it. Okay, there it is. We have our direction. We know. Let's keep this out. We're going to keep that out. But it's going to help with, with my crow feather here. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into the office stuff. Um, it took us three episodes to get here. I know. <laughs> But there's so much to go over with crows and ravens. Well, okay, so if you guys are like me, you have crows and ravens everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I am a little different um, since I have the name Blackbird as part of my company name. So I actually can have crows and ravens all over my office without anybody giving it a second thought. Right. And it (laughs) It doesn't just come up with like Halloween stuff. No, it's it's part of the day in and day out. So, you know, my office is covered with pictures and statues and feathers and and so on. You know, witchy or no witchy, it blends perfectly because it's all part of the name. So my situation is definitely a little unique with that. You know, crows and ravens, we keep saying it, they bring messages, you know, but not only for us to work on personally, but I think also for our work in corporate worlds. Yeah. I, you know, not only truly believe this, but I have personally, personally, excuse me, witnessed it and experienced it myself. I talked about, you know, 15 years ago when they were screaming at me, how aggressive it was. Mm-hmm. And really up to that point, I certainly see crows. You know, yeah. they're, they're a pretty normal part of day in and day out life, but I never had any interaction with them. Right. So it was so specific in that stop you in your tracks, stop, listen, you know, listen, hear me. Mm-hmm. 
I, I do think they did everything in their power to have me hear them. And I was. Definitely. My they tracks. banded together. <laughs> twice. Twice they stopped it until I said, okay. Um, I was forced to hear their message, you know, and then I moved on accordingly. I embraced it. And really the, fact, the last 15 years in my business has been devoted to them on a business level, at least with a name, but that has been my theme. That's been yeah. my motivation. And again, I mentioned they came to me after being attacked. And it was a very deliberate personal interaction of them being actually right around me and yeah. love bug, you know, doing those special noises and, and reaching out to me. So I can only say on a, on a personal level for both my business mm-hmm. and a, a person, these guys have been talking to me. Yeah. And I am choosing to listen. Definitely. You're choosing to embrace it just like how mm-hmm. they tell us to. Yep. I, I'm trying. What can we do for the office? First one I've got is a crow or raven as your servitor. So I have not really talked about servitors yet, um, but I do have an upcoming podcast about them in a couple of weeks. So it is perfect timing since I'm in the process of adding a raven servitor to my office. <laughs> Ooh, I, I love that. I'm going to talk about it, like what we can do, but what I'm actually doing as well. So I think of a servitor like a helper or you know, like a guardian. It's something you have given power to and you've given a purpose to. It's usually something physical or it will be for sure, you know, in my case, as it's something that will serve a very specific purpose to you. And if the purpose is for an extended period of time, it will need, you know, refreshing every now and then. You are the one who names it. You are the one who decides what your servitor will look like and where it will live. You are going to be the one to bring power to it and energy to it and will be the one to activate it into action. And you can't just leave it alone. Like you need to keep your servitor happy mm-hmm. <laughs> by giving it attention yeah. and praise and love and so on. So it stays loyal and active, you know, to you. I mean, if you find at some point that your servitor has, you know, fulfilled its purpose, you can release it from service. So for me in my office, I'm going to be having either a wood raven carved or possibly if I can find like a metal one that is large enough, um, that would work too. But I want something that will be a presence at my, you know, the front door of my office to protect and guard us. I absolutely love that. I'm so excited. I actually have a personal experience with a servitor, which I didn't know that that's what that was. Um, So I haven't really been exposed to servitors in my craft, but once figuring out what it was, it really hit me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've kind of had this one with me for a long time. And if I knew back then... What you know now? What it was. I probably would have made a giant crow or raven. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, this one kind of just came to me first. Um, so That's be- natural and organic. I like Yeah, that. it did. And I was actually in school and I was drawing a lot. And uh, it's really just kind of my escape of sketching. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of started to sketch this this thing, really. And I named it and I started putting more energy mm-hmm. into it. And it started to become more self-aware and all that stuff. And I realized it was this full energy that was following me around and kind of protecting me and helping me through my day-to-day tasks and kind of being that motivator for me. Sure. Um, So his name is Hana. Hana, I like that. (laughs) Which means flower, I believe, in Japanese. Um, Like I said, so this was really like an entity. You know, I thought it was my personal divine coming to me in a form that was comfortable Mm. for me to digest before realizing the right name for it right right um so well that's probably so true like i I do think we're kind of given sometimes we get pushed sometimes we get pushed really hard but most of the time we're given stuff that we can handle at the at the moment like yeah i know you can't absorb it all so i'm gonna i'm gonna baby step you into this is probably what that energy was doing definitely he definitely helped me through 
like the tougher times mm-hmm. in my life. I don't necessarily think that he's gone, mm. but he has been quiet for a little while, mm. I believe, in his, you know, he's realm. He's resting. <laughs> um, but Hibernating kinda, in a yeah, den, maybe. I'll, I'll kind of get into it. <laughs> yeah. So I actually got to see where he resides. And one time when I was like meditating, kind of astral travel. It, yeah. You know, I kind of look at astral travel a little bit differently, but anytime that you're going into that plane in that different space, that's what I really believe is like entering the astral realm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he lives in a field of flowers because he loves flowers. He's obsessed with them. Good. And the sky perfect. is always at sunset. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind of like where he's resting. So How he, peaceful. That's a perfect place to rest. Super peaceful. Yeah. But it's kind of a dark looking character. <laughs> and it's okay. I, I didn't really like put any thought into making this up. I was just drawing. And like I didn't even stop for one moment to best. even decide what he would look like. He just came. He just came. So his head is like a wolf skull, an exposed mm-hmm. wolf skull. He has nice tall ears. He's kind of like a mix between a wolf, a dragon, and a raven. Ooh, I like it. So his body is nice and slinky, kind of like a Chinese dragon, super yeah. long tail. Um, and his front two hands are like raven claws, so they, they're totally opposable. He can like yeah. hold stuff. Um, and his back two are wolf paws. Oh. And his fur is like long and shaggy, but it, the like closer you get to his fur, it's actually just a bunch of raven feathers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. That would be the perfect servitor. <laughs> I know. And like, I really like felt like he would sit in the corner of my room and watch me while I was writing or, or reading or whatever. But just be be there protecting. That was my Hana. My Hana. Yeah. And he's resting. Yeah. And then when you mentioned what a servitor was, I was like, oh my God. Um, I, I think, think this is, <laughs> I think this is what he is. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is amazing. I love that. Uh, okay. What about crow and raven feathers as meanings? Mm-hmm. So again, it's not easy to get crow feathers. We've talked about that a bunch already. Um, they really are only given to those who need a message. But if you are lucky enough to find one by your office, either in, you know, walking from your car to the office door, maybe you're out on a midday lunch break and so on, then uh, you are getting a very, I think you're getting a very specific message about something at work. Otherwise, you would have gotten it at home or you would have gotten it when you're gone for the weekend, you know, something like that. So yeah. if it's at work and it's cross, if a feather is right where your path normally is, it's a message for you about work. And we went over, you know, all the messages that crows and ravens bring us. And much of this can easily apply to our corporate lives, especially if you get a feather, a beautiful black magical feather (laughs) at the office. Be aware if you do, you know, what's going on right now that the crow wants you to focus on. Maybe it's a sign of protection or guidance in uncertain times at the office. Maybe it's being given to you at a time when you need to be more like them, you know, like really smart and powerful. And they want you to have that extra oomph and energy that you need um, this week at the office to make it all happen. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely keep that one in mind. That it, right? If you see one. Um, maybe a crow is giving you a feather because a loved one, you know, who has passed is trying to reach out to you and help you through what is going on at the office. You know, not all everything that we're doing is always going to tie back into home and, and family. Maybe you're loved one that has passed sees you struggling at the office or has wants to give you a little nudge in a direction and they're going to come down in a message of a crow feather yeah so crows and ravens of course are all about transition a black feather on your walk into the office could mean it's time to move on maybe up a level maybe on to a new job maybe on to a new career it certainly could be talking to you about some transition with your job or work or corporate world that is about to happen or needs to happen 
Maybe it's something totally different. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, being given to you as a reminder to slow down and balance your life better. You know, crows have an amazing balance in their world. And that could just be a quick reminder, like we just did with the tarot card. Yeah. Balance it out. It's very important to them. Yeah, I loved that. That's yeah. the perfect message. Perfect card. Maybe you're putting too much energy into your work. Maybe you're not putting enough into your work. You know, either way, it might be just a quick message um, for you to slow down and to look for the right meaning. Crow and raven feathers are not just about dark magic. They have so many associations with our witchcraft practice, and we just need to slow down enough to hear the message. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Okay, for number three for the office, I've got call, um, call to and work with the Morrigan. So we mentioned the Morrigan is a Celtic goddess of fate and war. She is associated with warriors, as she usually comes to them before going into battle. She is known for coming in the form or image of a crow or raven. So I've not talked about her much other than mentioning I'm personally very drawn to her. So she would be a good topic to pull into the mix, you know, coming up for yeah. um, an upcoming episode, especially if you're starting to work with her. Yeah, I, I personally be... don't even know that much about the Morgan. Mm -hmm. It's really something that, again, like they kind of show up to you mm -hmm. when you when start to get this curiosity about a certain deity. But, but the yeah. fact that three crows flew by your office window oh and then... I mean, and then on. I had an experience. Come on. All right. So maybe we will pull that together and that could be another... Th you know, thing we do a joint. We could, yeah, a joint the podcast more, the more on. Mm -hmm. that we work with her. So she is one of the triple goddesses with the Celtics. Um, she's almost always in black or dark clothing. She's very beautiful and young, and she is a shapeshifter who turns into a crow or raven. So she is really one to be feared. She is a great queen um, who holds, you know, that power of revenge, power of the night, magic, and witches. And there really is so much energy we can draw from that for mm. the corporate world yeah. and our jobs and work with the Morgan. Yeah. Kind of being like, you know, that boss lady energy. That's it. Let's go. <laughs> We're in charge. Uh, yeah. Even like the holding power of revenge. I like that too, because it's mm -hmm. okay to feel revengeful sometimes. I know it's a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, I'm only like a white witch and I did yeah. this and it's all light and love. It's not all light and love. <laughs> it's not. It's okay to have a little chaos. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to go gray. That's the balance. It's all about balance and that we have that right to do that. I agree. Um, okay, so on the Morgan, I kind of want to touch base about my recent experience. I want to hear it. Um, <laughs> so I was going into meditation with my intention to meet the Morgan. And this is something that I really kind of recently decided to do. Again, if you're a, do a devotee to mm -hmm. the Morgan, I know your experience is going to be completely different. For sure. Everybody's is. But I didn't necessarily know that I was meeting her. Oh, my God. Because I'm not familiar, but I, I know now. And so it's so magical already. While I was <laughs> while I was meditating, you know, or when you go into this other plane or astral realm or kind of lucid realm, these things kinda come back to you as like flashes maybe. But during the whole experience, as I remember them as flashes, I know everything was like in slow motion while it was happening. I know that feeling. So what happened was I was kinda like transported down to this river. And I was standing in this river and there's lots of trees around me, all that stuff, but it was very open space and it was a very long river. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of just before the apex of like the bend in the river. Sure. And I was just like kind of in my own trance looking down towards the river facing upstream. So the water was going and it was going past my legs and that's kind of all I can hear. And um, 
all of a sudden I was approached by a tall woman in a black cloak. And so the hood hung over her face and, you know, her whole yeah. face was shrouded in darkness. So I couldn't really see anything. The face itself. I couldn't yeah. see her face, yeah. but I know she was there. And she kind of set a supporting hand on like the crook of my back. Ooh. And so I kind of immediately just like went back into it. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of just like submitting to, to that feeling. That power, yeah. And I wasn't, I was looking up not towards her face, but right past it, towards the trees, but I knew she was looking down at me. Mm. And her other arm came up and her hand came towards my chest. And she had super long nails and claws, kind of represented like a a crow's claw. And I wasn't necessarily scared, but I had that feeling of whatever she's going to rip through, she's ripping through what doesn't serve me anymore. That's kind of all I remember. That realization, though, like, you know, this is going to hurt, but it has to happen. Yeah, but it has to happen. So then I just, after that, kind of pictured, you know, everything being ripped. Um, You know, that that wasn't no longer serving me. And it wasn't... That's powerful. I wasn't, like, scared. It was kind of gross because there was, like, blood and stuff. But, you know, it was, like, it was a really magical experience. And after I came out of that, I was, like, holy crap. What just happened? (laughs) What just happened? Who was that? (laughs) How can it happen again? Yeah. How do I duplicate that? Yeah, exactly. So that was it. You probably met her. Yeah. And I did a little bit more research and while you're, you know, um, trying to meet the Morgan and all that stuff, she typically will like show or come to you by a river or a cave or what was the other thing? I think it was like a field or something. Yeah. But yeah, so it was like one of the three and yeah. I love that. I was like. So now you're like, okay, weekend, hurry up. I want to yeah, be able to do more exactly. time with you. <laughs> I was like, ooh, definitely sparked my interest to keep going with with that path i am very drawn to her so i'm going to start looking into some things that i can do as well and Mm -hmm. just to reach out definitely she definitely seems more i don't know like with hecate it's a little bit different working with her because it's like more of a mutual understanding Mm -hmm. and hecate has to be just as ready as you are Mm -hmm. i feel when you're working with her but this felt a lot different this felt like she was here to help you to get rid of you know, those things that you don't need anymore. Transformation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Coming. She was here to help you transform. Yeah. Not as hesitant to work with you. She was more like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Oh, that's amazing. What about, I know you, you've talked about bone magic before. Yes. Is there anything we can do with the office specifically? I mean, really, it's just working the, with that same energy, but you've got the... Yeah, it's working You've with got the, the same, history with that, I the know. same energy. Working with bones, it's definitely one of my favorite things to connect to on a deeper mm-hmm. plane with animals, spirits, and energies is working with their organic artifacts. I know mm-hmm. it's not for everybody, yeah. but it's something that I've really been drawn to ever since I was a young girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get looked at in weird ways. Like, oh, <laughs> there's the girl who likes <laughs> dead animals. <laughs> it's not like that. Right. Um, it's something that's just always really called to me. Um, naturally, I've been using bones, feathers, and furs alike in my craft for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have the crow skull that I mentioned I that. that I really connected to. I cleaned myself and... Mm-hmm kind of enchanted myself and I use that quite a lot. I use it to help me astral travel, meditating, mm-hmm. um, connecting to the universe when card pulling. You could do this while like wearing it or holding it um, while you're chanting or saying your mantras, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, even setting it over your deck to cleanse the deck. Um, another idea is using them as tools. So like scrying, such as using mm-hmm. a set of bones to toss or throw, mm-hmm. which is called bone throwing. 
this is a really intuitive way to divine. So it takes a lot of practice because, you know, you're just kind of tossing a bunch of junk on a table. Absolutely. But every single piece of junk has a certain meaning mm, to yeah. you, which you can then interpret and use for divination. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you can't do that at the office, is there right. something you could do like on the weekend to get ready for your work week that would still tie into kind of the corporate world? Definitely. Just depends on what questions you're asking probably or what energy you're working with, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely what energy you want to bring mm-hmm. to you for that next work week. If you know if you have a big meeting or something you're kind of nervous about, you can use it to ease your nerves mm-hmm. and, you know, have the crow or the raven spirit come to you and get help, you through that. Yeah, help guide you through those things. Right. Um, it's really, I think the best way to connect with bones is on that deeper level is kind of committing to, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm really going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can always like bring it with you. I was just going to say, whatever that reading is, you could have that in your purse, pocket yeah, or purse, purse or, or pocket. something. So it's with you to remind you and to, to have that energy right next to you yeah. as you're working. Exactly. Because, uh. you know, people will get weirded out if you have. Maybe you can not be every on your bone office yeah. has a has a bone policy <laughs> where you can right. leave it on your desk. Um, but Bones whatever makes you feel comfortable, even you know spell jars or right. any anything that you want to keep in your personal space or on your person, I think would definitely help. I think so too. So yeah. the smaller the better on that one. But yeah. yeah, even like more simple things like I have a bone piece that is part of a cow vertebrae, so it has like a perfect yeah. little divot in it that I actually use for my. Um, backflow incense yeah. cones so you can That's use it as decoration yeah. or anything like that i like it good um let's see what else for office stuff you know you could always befriend your local office crow yes <laughs> i know that's sometimes easier said than done but you really, you know, if you don't have a lot of crows coming to you but maybe you want to start attracting their energy and encourage visits you can always start with befriending a local you know, crow family that you have around your office. And there are certainly easy ways to talk to crows, to a crow's heart, to start mm-hmm. this process. <laughs> First of all, I got to say is food. Personally, mine like those, you know, unsalted in-the-shell peanuts. They like birdseed. Which I don't want to interrupt yeah. you, but <laughs> I was walking one day around my office and I saw pieces of like plain peanut shells on the ground and I was like, Oh my gosh, someone has a stash somewhere <laughs> and is dropping their little peanut shells. <laughs> I was like looking around is. in the trees like, where are you? <laughs> or Jays. Jays love those yeah, guys. That's true. Oh my gosh. My guys will also actually go for that hard, crunchy cat food Ooh, if it's yeah. out and available. But, you know, crows and ravens are scavengers. So you may have some trial and error to see what your specific office family of crows uh, likes. You'll know if they don't like it, they'll, they'll leave it out. Yeah. They'll just ignore it. Um, Second is, you know, get into a routine with greeting them and giving them food. Just as much as we like our routines, so do crows and and ravens. So if you normally come into the office at 8 a.m., that's a great time to put a little handful of peanuts out. And soon enough, they're going to be there and greet you every morning and, you know, say thank you. They're going to want their daily snack and they're going to start getting into that routine with you. I love that, that they love their routines. They start to see the pattern. They do. And, I, and what I would do, I would say something each time you were out with them too. Mm-hmm. Every time you put a little handful of peanuts out or whatever food you're using, let them hear your voice so they can, you know, remember you and get to know you a little bit better. And then third, I just have be patient. You know, crows and ravens remember, but it does take time to build trust. And this yeah. really is kind of a hard line to walk with wildlife. You know, on one hand, it's amazing to share a connection with an animal. On the other hand, you are teaching them to trust humans and not all humans are going to be like us. Yeah. So it's, it really is a double-edged sword. It's, it's hard. You, you want that connection, but yeah. 
You want to say, just that, only trust me. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> is good that like crows have facial recognition. That's true. I know. It's like, okay, there's a little bit You're of a bypass. You can right. really only remember me. <laughs> That's true. And then lastly, what I've got, you know, as far as bringing the crow and raven energy into our corporate worlds, you know, if you really was just want something quick and simple, I would go for wearing black outfits, you know, or putting jewelry on with the stones and crystals that we mentioned. Super easy one, of course, is always grab that, you know, sigil routine with your perfume rollerball, draw mm-hmm. images on your body with it. Fast and, you know, quick and easy, black, black clothes. Yeah. Even if you have like quick, tiny little black earring feathers or something. I mean, there's, Ooh, yeah. there's probably a, a lot of ways we can do stuff yeah. that isn't going to be super obvious to anybody, right. but we don't have time to do all the work with a Morgan mm-hmm. or you know, yeah. <laughs> all that we other stuff. We still dedicate, you know, things and time and Absolutely. our attention to them. Yeah. Um, so going back to like the rollerball and the sigil idea, yeah, I kind of have down, like you can also create your own sigil connected to the raven and the crow. You know, you can even draw it onto your office door just with the spirit and the energy that you want to invite. Absolutely. Just do it with your finger. That's a great quick, one. Yeah. Quick little thing. Um, using a totem, like you said, a crystal mm-hmm. connected to the crow mm-hmm. or raven to sit on your desk or near your workspace. You know, that's something mm-hmm. a little bit more inconspicuous. It blends. Um, on Etsy, they have, like, the cutest little raven and crow, like, carvings out of, like, obsidian or onyx. And I really want to get some. They're, like, so small. So that'd be perfect. Yeah, Again. it would be perfect. Yeah. Your little crow or raven watching over you. Little something, little um, something. You can also ward and protect your space and office using a spell. You can mm-hmm. do this by asking for the protection with a chant or mantra while cleansing or renewing your office space. Mm-hmm. Inviting that crow to come in and, you know, take work everything. With you. Yeah, yeah, work with you. Take and everything. Take it away. Take it away. Yeah. Or bring it in. Like like or, we yeah, said, they're yeah. messengers. So you can ask them, you know, I want this energy, bring it in or right. send this one away. Yeah. Um, also, a more unconventional way of connecting is, you know, when you really want to get into that deeper meditative state or astral traveling or even lucid dreaming because they're really big in dream work too, mm-hmm. is reaching out to your personal raven or crow spirit guide. I really believe everyone has one. But, you know, taking that time to dedicate meeting them and mm-hmm. going going in first and wanting to build that connection and asking them to follow you into the waking world for protection and even boost you know your work efficiency since mm-hmm. they're connected to gaining and sharing knowledge yeah i like that mm-hmm. that's perfect your little spirit guide following you around <laughs> i personally think i have one but <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely <girl>. definitely <laughs> well do you think we did it is that I, it i think we did it oh my gosh all right there it is three-part series on crow and raven magic this has been so much fun on it has like, been so fun i've loved every step of the way <laughs> i really love working with you on this one too and i know we've talked about some other options for maybe you to come back and be yeah. a guest on i think if we do something with a morgan that would be amazing yes this and is a good little segue to this it. is right this plan c <laughs> <laughs> um but definitely i know we talked about maybe doing something with some fire magic coming up too yeah. which i think would be very powerful so let's get that on the calendar. Yeah. Let's, let's book something. Sounds good. Well, till then, thank you so much for doing this yeah, series with me. of course. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. It's so fun. Yay. All right. I'm going to go grab my poem, and I will be right back. All right, I have got my poem, and I am all set. So this is another one I have personally written, and it is called The Crow. Darkest black of feathers be, claws that grasp the power of three. 
come by day, come by night, balance all that's wrong with right. Shape shift to you and soar above, I'll find the truth, the pain, and love. And as my arms turn into wings, off the moonlight stars I'll spring. For what is above is so below, an infinite dance that you bestow. Help me balance and protect me too, as I fly the places flown by you. Come to me once, come to me twice, and on the third, sing your advice. With stormy nights and morning dew, I call the ravens cry with you. To other realms we soar and fly, as I opened my third eye. Awakened now, I know my path. Those who challenge will get my wrath. In darkest night and brightest day, like you I fly in shades of gray. From this day forth, what's mine is yours. Fly by your side and fight our wars. Darkest black of feathers are mine, upon my back and up my spine. With grace and pride my wings unfold. The raven's prophecies are foretold. I see the messages you leave for me back on my earthly path to see. The powerful Odin may call to you. Now hear my voice. I call you too. Well, I love that my crows came and helped me with that. <laughs> they are definitely my cheer squad and a huge sign for me. And it's just perfect that they are helping wrap up this series. So that is all I have for you this week. I really do hope you've enjoyed this three-part um, podcast series on crow and raven magic just as much as I have. And if you are a mother yourself or off to spend Mother's Day with someone special, I am wishing all of the amazing mothers out there a very heartfelt happy Mother's Day from me. I have a different podcast scheduled for next week all about witchy moms and maybe, just hopefully, a special little surprise in there too. Till then, have an amazing weekend, and I'll talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.